What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt. And today I have an episode that I'm really excited to present. Um, I have Jason Horton. He's an actor. He's a podcaster. He's an author of a book. He's got another book in the works. He is a hardcore kid uh, from way back. We get to talking about all of this. Plus, we talk about you know some other stuff. Crypto, Ghost, The Band, Kiss. Uh, I don't know. Jason is a really nice guy. He's a really interesting dude. Um, we talk about nostalgia. We talk about old abandoned buildings and old abandoned signs, abandoned LA, historic, uh, everything. The dude is, uh, really interesting. Have a listen to what he has to say. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. All right. You are here on wasted radio with me, your host, Matt. I am here with Jason Horton. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, I will, uh, I'm actually just going to jump right into this, you know, five seconds ago, we were kind of talking about hardcore a little bit, and that is, uh, the, the basic premise of the show initially. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I have a list of people that I wanted to have cool discussions with and you were on that list. And I have to be honest with you. I don't even know how I know that you're into hardcore. Um, I can't remember. And, and, uh, so refresh my memory. What is your, uh, history with hardcore and well, you know what, maybe I'm jumping in a little too quick. What is it exactly that you do? I know that you're an author, you're a podcaster, you're a actor in TV personality. Um, and, uh, I've seen some really cool things that you've been putting online lately, but to first, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Then we can get into hardcore. So I, I was born in New Jersey, so I, I you know lived there when I was a kid. And uh, at about ten, I moved to upstate New York, which, depending on who you ask, it could be Buffalo, um, but more, or, or you can be in the area that I live, which was like Orange County, um, Poughkeepsie. People are familiar with usually. If I say Poughkeepsie, people know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lived there for a little bit, but I went to high school in Newburgh, and which you know had a pretty pretty bumping hardcore scene as well, which is, you know, a big part of what I did then was just, you know, it was into music, going to shows, music, kind of going back to listening to my father's records, you know, as, as a kid, uh, I'm extremely old. So, that, you know, it kind of started in the seventies <laughs> and, you know, from, from there, I, you know, I, I, you know, grew up in, in that area. And then uh, the quick things, I, and I moved to California in 2002 and then in San Diego and moved to LA in 2006. And I've been here ever since. And I've had another kind of like a, a, a second life uh, starting at age almost 30. So it's an interesting thing going, you know, usually you're pretty well defined by the time you're 30. And I really kind of had a second act at 30, which is strange, you know, because when I meet people, they, I don't think they realize how old I am, you know, maybe because of all those years of being straight edge <laughs> um, and maybe kind of, hey, maybe kind of helped out, you know? uh, kind of helped out at sure. the time. And then, um, you know, it's that clean living and then, and then just being involved in, in the comedy scene and like, you know, as, as an actor and a performer in the world of YouTube, uh, I, I think people, you know, didn't really realize how old I was. Um, but I'm 78 and I'm feeling <laughs> good looking good, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of like the, the cliff notes of, of my journey, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot has happened. And it's like, I said, almost like from 
you know, birth to, you know, early 2000s and then early mid 2000s to now. I have like kind of like two chapters equally broken, both of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Credit score equally horrible. Um, but other than <laughs> that, you know, two totally different worlds. Yeah, they uh, they should really teach you about the credit score in school. They should really teach you about uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What what drove you to, you know, your kind of second wind moving on the other side of the country? Um, and was it comedy? Was it, you know, obviously back then it wasn't podcasting. It wasn't, you know, it really wasn't either of those things. I, I mm-hmm. always was in love with California and the mm-hmm. West Coast, and I've never been there. As a matter of fact, I had been to probably about, I'd have to look back, at least 13 or 14 countries and never been to California. Oh, okay. Because I went on tour uh, as like a you know, crew merch a uh, guy with the band All Out War, if you're familiar with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's, they're from, we're, we're from the same area to kind Very of cool. give you that idea of like that realm. So I toured with, you know, went on tour with them uh, in the US and then we went uh, on tour in the late 90s, uh, I guess. Um, and, you know, it was it hit a lot of places, but, uh, and I've been, you know, traveled, you know, into Chicago, near Detroit, Cleveland, you know, hitting, you know, integrity and, and, and uh, you know, uh, all those Chicago bands and Cleveland bands. And, and, uh, you know, went down, I don't know if went down to Florida, but I, you know, I've been down to Florida, but never made it out to the West coast. And as a kid, I mean, from hearing the beach boys yeah. from, uh, te- I mean, television, like the TV show three's company. I was like, I want to be that dude. Yeah. He's got two female roommates and they, he's, <laughs> a, he, and you know, he was somebody I was like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like a good, I mean, I, for, he's like, like a good looking guy, but he's not good looking guy. And he's not, he's charming, but he's not cool, but he is cool. But he is. And cool, he's really yeah. funny and people want to be around him, but it's also this kind of attainable thing. And those are one of the early things that I was you know, as far as comedically, I loved Three's Company, and I was like, I want to, like, I want to live near the Regal Beagle. No one always knows these references because I'm old, but <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, and and you know, and then with music, like, you know, I, I mean, I equated like the de- the Descendants with Cal. You know what I mean? I don't know where they actually. You know what I mean? The beach area, like Black sure. Flag, and and you know, uh, and and punk bands, and and that kind of. California kind of sound like blast and like all that kind of stuff. And I, like, I, you know, loved all that stuff. And I was like, wow, what, a, what, a, like, what a, an amazing world that would be to live in. And frankly, I hate the snow. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't God, love the cold. I, I know what you mean, man. It's been, where brutal. are you at? I'm in Altoona, Pennsylvania, which is we, we live in a Valley and it's kind of like a vortex for negative energy. And like everything that comes in here, I swear it doesn't go anywhere, but uh, the this is weather wise. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, now the past two weeks or so, it's been like 10 degrees at the warmest today. We were lucky enough to get up to like 40. So, so where, where are you in like in relation to, I mean, I guess Philly. So I'm about four and a half hours west of Philly. I'm about an okay. hour and a half east of Pittsburgh. So, we're, okay, you're yeah. you're up in it. 
kind of stuck in the center. Yeah, we're with yeah, the yeah. Mountain Billies. We're yes. Um, but um, I, I, honestly, lucky enough to be graced with a really good hardcore scene here as well. Um, we had, man, I mean, when I was growing up, um, just about every band that you would want to see, I wouldn't say like the, the big, big bands, but, um, you know, we, we've had tons and tons and tons of bands and we had a really good consistent hardcore scene here for a long time. So, uh, as weird of a location as it is in Pennsylvania, definitely, uh, lucky, to you know be where we're at um just surrounded by a lot of good people and, and stuff like that but um anyway though getting getting back to kind of the the california thing that um you know you decided to leave us over here on the west coast um or on the east coast and and move over to the west coast which i've been to california several times and i have family out there and i mean it really is uh it, it's there there's a lot of things about california that um I, I look at it and I'm like, wow, life could be easier in many ways if we lived like this over here. And I don't know if it'll ever happen, but, um, you know, I can definitely see why you would want to make the jump, especially if you wanted to get into um, like comedy or uh, if you wanted to get into uh, just kind of like that feel good attitude that you were describing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I you know, I'd never been to California, like I said, and. Uh, a friend of mine, he moved to San Diego and like six months later, I was like, yeah, I'm going to move. I'm going to move there too. Never been there. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't care, but it was, you know, it, it's good to know like one person there yeah. and San Diego is a little easier to navigate, I guess, as compared to like jumping into LA maybe. So I had a, like a, a couple of years to kind of like, you know, dip my, dip my toes in the water as they say. So yeah, I went out there and it was, you know, I, I, Coming from New York, I mean, yeah, I love comedy. I was involved. You know, I did high school theater, and and, and I love like I used to go see tapings of um, the state. It was on MTV, uh, yeah. and like love the state. And I love sketch comedy, and you know SNL and and, and you know whatever HBO. Oh yeah, comedy. You know yep. Andrew Dice Clay. Like I was like I was like I love <laughs> Andrew. I didn't know what, but he seemed cool. He had a motor. You know he you know yeah. he's who he was. I, I didn't really know the nuance of it, but I just knew I was like, I, I kind of like this. And so, you know, I, I really it's like a, comedy, but it's a great but again, act. It's a great act. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, you know what I mean? It was like, it's like a perfect thing at the time, but I don't see it as an act. I see yeah, it as yeah. what it is. So I'm probably seeing it in the most pure way possible sure. uh, and probably not getting a lot of the nuance. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I was a little bit involved in acting and stuff like that, but I really, cause at that point I was living in like, Kingston, New York. So now I'm like an hour from Albany or something like that. So now I'm even more upstate okay, and further away. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to do this. But when I came out here, I, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to do acting. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, it'll be, you know, the, your first Thanksgiving, I'm at the beach. So I'm at the beach, like, yeah. and I'm not like a beach person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like a beach person. I'm not, I'm not even really like, I love like cold, hard cities though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love like, you know, I mean, I love LA. I love New York. I love Philly. I love, you know, uh, Berlin. You know I mean? I love like that cold war <laughs> yeah. vibe. So I don't really like love, but I, I like it. I think it's cool. And it's a good balance. And I think it's, it's neat. So it's just like a, re it's really mind blowing to be like, no, no, it's Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be cold and, and you know a real fish out of water but it was great i had like a little network of people like i got a job i i like love the 
and I still kind of love it. I don't like love it anymore, but like love the UFC. So we'd like watch the, you know, rent the UFC, very simple life. Uh, sure. But San Diego is, which I wouldn't imagine until I got there. It's, it's kind of conservative, which is not my jam personally uh but you know to, to each their own so that was like a little bit of a bummer and i was like working like a corporate job like in marketing oh because it's easy to get an office job right like some office yeah. job and it like paid pretty well uh and you know kind of in that world and then you know just think you know certain things happened you know uh you know the relationships end and 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 stuff and i was like you know what i was started uh, i i started doing improv comedy in san diego mm-hmm. didn't know anything about it went i was went as I was like oh gonna, let's watch some improv comedy as something to do as like a thing. i was like yeah this is cool i mean I, this seems like fun i was like oh this is pretty cool and you know uh my girlfriend at the time was like you could do this and i'm like yeah i could do this and then i was like started like taking classes there and then when it came time to do this i was like i can't do this there's no freaking way i'm getting up in front of these people <laughs> There is no way I'm getting up in front of these people in San Diego and doing this. Uh, but I did it and, you know, found myself putting a lot of effort into it. And it was like pretty decent at it because I think I was pretty, I knew who I was at that point. I, I really wasn't like trying to find myself too much. Sure. And I was almost 30. And then from there, I, I would commute up to LA to take classes at uh, Improv Olympic, IOS, you know, to, you know, yeah. the, you know the, the big guns. And that commute was brutal, but I loved loved improv so much like you know my whole life i never had done it was always just going to shows it was literally sure. just going to shows wherever local shows uh, uh cbgb's uh you know um roseland all those like new york city places when you know philly or whatever connecticut it was huge connecticut hardcore scene was pretty huge going like new haven and stuff like that yeah. but when i was i was just like i could not get enough improv and sketch comedy and that was really exhausting. And then eventually I was just like, you know what? I kind of was like, found myself, li- I was in like a really bad place. Um, and I was living in this really small place because, you know, I was like, now I'm like kind of on my own out here. And it was like where I would sit on the toilet, going to the bathroom, but the sink would be on my lap, okay. um, which was crazy. <laughs> and I'm not a yeah. tall man by any means. I'm, I consider myself very average, Sure. Uh, you know, just six, four, gorgeous um, you can't see me, but you can just <laughs> use your imagination. Uh, but I, I was too tall for the shower. And I'm like, I am not too tall for anything. And then I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, uh, I, deserve, and then, I deserve better. <laughs> I don't know about that, <laughs> oh, but yeah. I want to get it. I want to get better. Sure. Uh, yeah, I got laid off from the same job twice. I was like, what am I like? Do I hate? I don't even know what I'm doing. I I, you, I don't know why you keep hiring me back. I'm not good at this. Um, <laughs> and eventually, yeah, I just I met people, you know, in San Diego doing improv, and uh, we uh, we like moved together to Los Angeles and just hit the ground running hard. I mean, consume like interning for classes. I was like, I don't know if you're familiar with Upright Citizens Brigade or UCB. Yeah. If anyone out there is familiar, I mean, I was there cleaning those toilets for classes. I was, uh, really? you know interning at the other place taking classes uh, anything i could do to perform and 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 be involved because he's like you're kind of creating a community because people are like how do you make friends and yeah. for me it's like i wouldn't know how i would do it uh but with the you know community like that and then you know it was pretty like i did pretty well in that and it was a, a, a lot of the basis of anything i do now and then i uh, got connected with somebody that was in the world of youtube this is we're talking about like 2009 now. Okay. Uh, yeah, but 2008, 9. 
And, you know, I started acting in these YouTube videos because I was somebody who had like some acting experience and I was a little bit older. So I can be like a dad or an out of touch teacher or whatever the case may be something awkward, which is like, I guess, kind of what I do. And then from there, I, you know, I was like, wow, people are really watching these videos. And these are like really, I mean, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of views mm-hmm. uh, doing sketch comedy. And from there, I, I, you know, I'd make my own and I made kind of my living out of that and in, in the world of YouTube. And from there, other opportunities, you know, happened. Like I, I, you know, I worked at a YouTube London. I worked at a YouTube New York. I, uh, you know, we did, uh, I did a thing. I drove like a Ford for a year. I did stuff on the Jimmy Kimmel show. It was like a wild ride of YouTube because they were just throwing money <laughs> at, 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 at like influencers and stuff really like that. Cool. That's yeah it was i mean it was it was you get i mean people would like and they still sometimes people still do this like i used to watch you when i was a kid i was like wow i feel old uh, <laughs> but i would get that like cause i was i don't think they knew they knew me because i was in so many videos they didn't know who i was personally but like oh you were in that video or or this video and i learned a lot about creating content i learned you know even more about marketing because i used to have like a, a fanzine back in the day yeah. uh and I learned, you know, I was using like fax machines and stuff like that. It was great. I mean, I, I talked to like so many, I mean, I interviewed Slayer. I mean, I interviewed like, I was, oh, did you? Saw, I saw every single band for free and it was amazing from like 1994 to 2000. It was, it was great because I loved it, but I, you know, met every band, interviewed every band and uh, work with record labels and stuff like that. So it was like, a, I really learned a lot and I really parlayed that into podcasting um as an actor uh, as somebody who creates content like how to market and, and and i you know i didn't go to school for that i dropped out of college i dropped out of like five different community colleges like up until a couple of years i mean i just keep going and then taking classes and be like now i'm done um so i don't really have like any kind of formal degree in anything but it was you know it's like the you know streets i learned on the the streets of now the internet of like how to how to do things and, and create things um and then all that while I'm still auditioning and I'm as every improv person comedian does a lot of auditioning and, you know, some nice things happen. Sometimes they don't. And, uh, you know, it would do podcasting and various podcasts and they would do well. And, and, and then I would switch. And then all these things kind of led me to where I'm at right now, I guess is, is the best sure. way to put it. It's like a lot has happened in, in like the last almost 20 years. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's pr- a pretty decent trajectory for somebody who's like kind of old in the game. Mo- normally people are, aren't like, you know what, I'm going to be a YouTuber at 30 something years old, you know, at, at 36 years yeah. old. And I was straight edge from my whole, up until I moved to LA. So I think the first time I had a drink, I was 36. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was one of the things where I was like, yeah, and you know, if you're like, dating and stuff like that it's like makes it a little bit easier to kind of like socialize Mm -hmm. but even with that it's like i it's one of these things where i like stopped calling myself straight edge in like the early 2000s because i i guess i I didn't really like dig on a lot of the elitist stuff Mm -hmm. um and and that unfairly kind of um, a lot of people aren't like that but a lot of people were and then you know even now it's like i not straight edge but i really very seldomly do anything because it's just it just never became part of 
you know, who I am or sure. anything like that. Yeah. But if I travel or if somebody's like, Hey, do you want to have a drink or something like that? And it's a nice, uh, free, free drink. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy to, or, you know, cause I go to a lot of events and this and that, a lot of, like, you know, some Hollywood stuff that you know, I get involved with. And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. But, uh, it was such a huge part I mean, being straight. It was like such a huge part. And I still appreciate all I think I look back and I'm like, would have been better off if I like started drinking. I was like, no, nah, you know what? I think, it's kept me like put together pretty well. Um, I don't know if I'd be any worse necessarily, but I, I don't think, um, I think it was to my betterment at this point. Especially when you see people, you look back and people get older and you, you know, yeah. people start falling apart. And then, you know, people have like issues with addictions and, you know, people at, like my, I mean, I don't know how old, how old you are. Um, I'm 31. My age, 31 child. You're, <laughs> you're, a, you're just getting, you're at the age I was when I was like, you know, I'm going to try something new. Well, that's, that's, that's uh, why I'm listening very carefully to everything you're saying, yes, to be honest with yes. you. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's a thing where people like put an age on a thing and I normally would do that, but you were in a place like Los Angeles, uh, who knows who, how old anyone is, Yeah, who's doing what it's just like a different, it's like a, just a different thing. Things change. The internet has, you, you know, there's no gatekeeping age on the internet anymore where right. it's like, oh, you gotta be like a. You know, you got to be like a vaping teen on a, you know, on your hoverboard, you know, a uh, hoverboard yeah, to yeah. like uh, it, it, things have changed because it's, you know, people want to make money on the Internet. They want to uh, grow these things. So you have to open up, you know, and like boomers love nostalgia, which is mm-hmm. like I'm deep into nostalgia right now. Well, I mean, I always have been, but I'm like mm-hmm. deep into it in a, in a business sense. Well, actually, let's and, let's talk about that yeah, for a second, because yeah. um, now I just being straight up honest with you, I didn't know the yeah. extent of your acting background. Um, you to me are more of like the content of yours that I've watched and consumed is more along that lines of that nostalgia route or the ghost town stuff, the uh, uh, celebrity homes, movie locations, that kind of stuff is honestly more what I know you from. And it's fascinating uh, to see um, just, I mean, a lot of the things that uh, you've done and how how much more versatile your career actually is than I the, than I had perceived it as, and I I think that that is uh, it, it really honestly it's inspirational because it's kind of just this like um you never really set like like you said like you'll take a few classes here or there do whatever like there was never really like one exact end goal it was just like i'm gonna have fun with this i'm gonna take the opportunities that come my way and like i i like this kind of not being able to define a person by the one thing that they do there's you know um it's 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 super inspirational to hear like how like i said how versatile uh, your career has been and and how many different places now, like I I'm looking on IMDB right now and it says you were in strangers with candy. So that was my first, like, I'm like a, just a background person. And I think, I guess I, I was so like, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I loved the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's an iconic show. It's a legendary and I just, show. It's a legend. I mean, even looking back, I mean, I knew it was legendary when I was there. I didn't realize even looking back now, I was like, wow, like I got to like 
be part of that experience. And it was, you know, there was like a non-union, like I didn't know any, anything. Like I just, again, I did high, you know, some high school theater and like, a little, you know, a couple of like weird, like internet, like not even internet videos, just like sketch type videos, like on VHS yeah. tapes. And then, you know, I don't know how I got looped into it, but I was like, yeah. So I was there and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. They had me like yelling some stuff. I don't know what I had to like look back. I don't know what ended up happening mm-hmm. uh, with my thing. I never seeing myself on it. Um, uh, so, yeah. So that was like a lot of like how I could make money, though. Like I would be like, I'm a high school student at like 27 years old on some shows, but I would do it regularly. Hell yeah. You know, and, and I was, you know, even for like early 2000s made a, like a lot of money uh uh doing that but i didn't really know what what i was doing i was just kind of like enjoying earning money which is kind of you know i you know i don't know where you live but like there's you know jobs and stuff like i you know to work i'd have to go into the city or i have to go up to connecticut or i have to go you know to westchester or something you know right. it was just like there's not a lot of job like you know what i mean like the job market wasn't great and probably if i mean it's not you know what i mean like i mean like it's not great now for, if you're looking to stand on a manufacturing line we'll find something for sure. you. oh yeah sure if you're, and i've done if, that i mean i've done yeah. the warehouse i mean i've done the all the warehouse things all the overnights all the mm-hmm. supermarkets fast food dishwasher i mean i did so many i probably had like 40 or 50 jobs you know jobs retail all that like that stuff it's hard so um, I was happy to like find some things that would like eventually not, not strange with candy, but like, you know, certain shows where I actually like made a lot of money. It was like my work kind of a regular gig. And um, I learned a lot about being on set. I learned a lot about, you know, how, how, you know, just, just being around it. And it made me super excited. And, and, you know, from there, like coming out to LA, like it was very easy for me to get a, like a commercial agent because I, I was pretty good at improv they wanted people like that. I kind of had like a certain look, um, you know, and I went on a lot of auditions that I book a lot of them. No, cause there's also a lot of other people like me that did just as good of a job or better. Uh, I've had a lot of like close call, you know what I mean? A lot of close yeah. things that were like, would have been, you know, really, really great. I mean, I just auditioned for the Goldbergs uh, this week and uh, haven't heard anything probably won't, but they'll keep, uh, they'll keep having me audition because you know, Goldberg's and me kind of seem to fit for some reason. Uh, and um, yeah, so it's that's, been like, that's you know, awesome and, though. But you know, if you're, if you're, I mean, this, you, I, I just watched um, that wet, uh, the new West side story that came out and the lead uh, who plays Maria. I mean, you know, she was doing, you know, she was very, very, very good at it, but she was high school theater and she had a YouTube video go viral. You know, oh, that's okay. an example of, that's i mean i didn't know that till last night when i was watching this i was like but that's how things you were where people would like you know if you were popular on youtube you would get opportunities because you had an audience and and you know they people want to capitalize on that so you know a lot of almost things happened but i've also a lot of you know cool stuff has happened from it as well and it's basically all those things, uh, you know, kind of afforded me that. And I'm always extremely thankful for, for, for all that stuff, you know, the, the highs and the, I guess, and the lows, but, um, you know, still here, but as far as like, you know, the stuff like the nostalgia, the uh, abandoned places, uh, filming locations, that's just what I'm passionate about. Like I'm my enthusiasm and passion for that is absolutely endless. And, you know, what I kind of learned is, listen, I love, uh, music, you know, from the 70s, new wave, punk, uh, you know, hardcore uh, metal, whatever. Yeah. But 
when you only live in that world, which is great to do, and I could do that all day, every day, but if, if that's your only thing, it's hard to be creative in any other way when your whole kind of circular thing is talking about you know, uh, hardcore, you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 uh, you know, talk about, you know, do I have the burn seven inch on pink vinyl or whatever the case may be? Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of, uh, which I used to have, um, which I still did. Uh, so, uh, and I just, and it, it sometimes you sit and you think like, do, what do I like? What am I interested in? Yeah. Everyone likes music movies. Yes. I like movies. Everyone likes movies though. Food? Yes, me too. Everyone does. Is there anything that I'm actually interested in? And when you find that thing, which I did with, you know, uh, anything like historic, like historic, any like thing with like a plaque, like a placard yeah. that says sure. what always have been obsessed with that. No idea why I'm reading this thing, you know, but you know, that part of New York outside the city is, you know, you know, the revolutionary war and, and, you know, part of the 13, you know, you know, you're in yeah, that yeah. area. Absolutely. You got out there, you got tons of great stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, of course, Philly and then out there and like Pennsylvania Dutch and all that great stuff. Yeah. Um, But the fact that I'm actually interested, not just saying like, what are people interested in? How can I talk about it and make money off of them? Which there's nothing wrong with, but it's a very like it's a it's hard to sustain, and people can tell that you don't really care. Like if I said, there's like, hey guys, let's talk about crypto and NFTs or whatever this thing, whatever. Oh my which, gosh, I, I was just it, getting. It, <laughs> I, I no, it just I I I just got mobbed on Instagram because um, that I I invested in crypto and NFTs. Um, I got mobbed on Instagram by NFT holders because uh, I asked what the utility of an NFT was, and they're so defensive. It's like, guys, you like, I get that you're trading art; it's a beautiful thing, but what does it do? Like, give me some like real world utility with some of them, and and a lot of them are emerging with real world utility now, but. A lot of the people that have invested in it, they're very closely guarded. They don't want you to ask any questions. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, I, I, I think that's great. And it's just, I've been down that road and I've done well and I've done not well with it and it's all well and good, but it's just having something you're actually passionate. If you're yes. passionate in crypto and NFTs, by the way, I know a lot of people that are, that's also great. I'm not saying Somewhat, that that's a thing. Somewhat. A, I mean, it's some, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah like, in general, people out I, there, I don't want to like uh, disparage what they're what they're interested in no i've um, made a i've made a little bit of money at it um yeah it's it's a cool and now the the thing is i mean shit i wish i would have put a lot more in it if you look at the way that it's gone in the past 10 years but um i made uh say about like five times my money in two years yeah you hear that IRS? You hear that IRS? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> out there, I, you hear that? hey, I already had to get, I already had to uh, get an accountant that would do this stuff. Now I'm not, yeah. I'm not packing stacks by any means, but yeah. um, I've learned a lot about that emergence of that new blockchain side of the internet. I think it's really fascinating. Um, but anyway, though, so you found something that really, really interested you, you stuck with it. And I think that um, history is always good because uh, we can either look back on it and be proud of something or we can learn from it. And uh, one of the one of the things that um, I really like about the content that you make is that you kind of uh, I keep using this word, but you have this versatile um, just you, you don't stick to one exact thing. You do lurk in the realm of history, but 
Um, like I love the true crime stuff, dude. Uh, the, the true crime stuff is probably my favorite. Um, and I love, uh, the movie locations. And I wanted to ask, um, you, what is the coolest movie location that you've been to or the one that you enjoyed the most and why? Well, I, I don't know if this is my favorite, but I'll say it's very unique because, it, you know, a lot of people, you know, in, in L.A., there's tons, you know, New York, you'll find some anywhere you can find some. And so there's always great ones. But one I just looked back on and only because I just was watching this movie again, reminded me of it. Uh, I was in Prague um, uh, uh, the second time. First time was with All Out War. Don't remember it. Wish I did. Wish I took more pictures. But I went with uh, traveling with my my wife. We do a lot of traveling. Um, and I found one of the movie, The Born Identity. Okay. Um, so I kind of replicated one of those, which is extremely unique in that world of people talking about it. You know, there's like a lot of things like, oh, this is, you know, this Hollywood thing and that Hollywood thing. But uh, that's one that I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did that. I found I did like a, you know, you kind of try to do a picture match to a location. And I did one of the born identity in Prague only because it's it's in Prague. It's a, a like a kind of a an out of the way place to um, to do that. So uh, I thought that was uh, one of the more recent things, not my favorite by any means, but I thought that was like a pretty unique and, and interesting one. I mean, there's just, there's just so many, Oh, oh uh, no, you know what? No, actually a couple more. Um, I was in London and the, uh, the photo of uh, the album cover for the first clash album. Yeah. Um, that was one, uh, it's gotta be cool to just, you know, be there. I'm, I mean, I love, I mean, you know, I, the Beatles are like my favorite band because I love the clash and I love like the mod stuff. And I just love, you know, Manchester and the Smiths and, you know, I love the, you know, England in general. And of okay, course, London so, is just, you know, so Beatles or stones, you pick Beatles. Oh, I've had an, I've had an argument with an imaginary person in my mind uh, about Beatles versus stones. You know, you know, maybe think of that because uh, the, the podcast host of Disgraceland. Okay. Uh, using the bad cast iron hike that was on, I think, Victory or whatever. Um, a very, very great podcast, way more successful than me, about 10 million times. But he said his two favorite bands were Bad Brains and The Stones. And he talked about Stones versus Beatles. And I look back and I, you know, wanted to be, you know, listen, The Stones are great. Not going to say they're not. Yeah, there's yeah, Stone yeah, Song. Great there are Stone songs that blow Beatles songs out of the water. Sure. And, and I'm first to admit that. However, in the, essentially eight, seven years of the Beatles. And, you know, yes, the Rolling Stones have a longer history. For me, anything, you know, they're 1962, how maybe go like early 80s is the only thing that matters to me yeah. as far as the Rolling Stones. Not to say that there's probably other great songs. Somebody's like, oh, you didn't listen to the, you know, Steel Wheels or whatever. Um, I know there's good stuff, uh, but I don't think... If you, you know, in, in the Beatles seven, eight years, I think dominates for me what the Rolling Stones did between 62 and I'll say 81 or 82 or whatever um, for me personally. However, that doesn't mean I think the Rolling Stones suck. I think they're an <laughs> awesome, excellent band. I still have the tape in high school. I had that BC Boys licensed to ill and the Doors <laughs> Doors nice. album. People were like, what? How, what are you interested in? I was like, they're like, oh, you're just a dork. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I do. But I have these three cassettes in my backpack right now. Um, so, you know, uh, I had like hot rocks, whatever it's, uh, their greatest hits or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a Beatles person 
forever and ever and ever. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I give the Rolling Stones the credit. Uh, you know, they do a lot of credit. And if people like the Rolling Stones more than the Beatles, I also get it's not like I'm like, what do you mean you like oh, uh, get three doors over down over the Beatles? You know, I'm, I'm, it's not I'm not, you know, being ridiculous, but I totally get that. They're a great band. People take that question very seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I like I, I, I agree with you. I don't think you could say uh, the Stones are a bad band. And I don't think any rock and roll fan could say that. But I definitely choose uh, the Beatles. But I think for me, it was probably because uh, my mom liked the Beatles and my grandparents liked the Beatles. And that was I, I just heard it so much more than I heard the Rolling Stones. But when I became a, a guitar player, I kind of got more into the Rolling Stones because I'm a huge Kiss fan and uh, Ace Frehley was kind of my guitar god guy. And one of his biggest inspirations was, I mean, just, I guess, everything that the Rolling Stones did. So that kind of opened the door for me through that gateway. Yeah, I actually saw the uh, I saw Kiss right before the uh, like right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, I know you did. It was I, like, saw, right, I have it written down here because yeah. I have to bring up Kiss. <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, uh, you know, um, my uh, my uh, my wife's good friend, her uh, boyfriend, you know, works in you know that the world and was was very kind and, and got me uh, and, and got me tickets. But I was like hoping to go, you know, backstage and stuff like that because. I was like, I mean, tickets to Disturbed, which I was like, eh, it used to be a guilty pleasure. Now it's an actual pleasure. I like them. You know what I mean? I know it's corny, sure. but whatever. But I went and I was like backstage. I was like behind the drum, not, you know, I was behind the drum riser, but for Kiss. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I, you know, you start hearing about, you know, it's pandemic, but it's not really, because it hasn't become part of like the zeitgeist yet. Right. Uh, and, and so I went and I was just like, oh, cool. I was like, I'm hoping to go. And because I like free food. And, you know, free drinks or whatever. And, you know, maybe I'll meet, you know, I don't know, you know, meet the band or whatever. But I think because of that, you know, got great seats, went for free, but didn't get that that backstage experience. But the show was I mean, I was, you know, I like Kiss in that cartoon way. I mean, I, yeah, I like their songs, but in that cartoonish way, because I like the trading cards and, you know, yeah. Uh, the car, you know, the the Phantom in the Park and all, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I love the uh, the the Elder album is one of my favorite. I don't know. I know it's like not like a. I mean, I think it's a great album. I know it's like people kind of write it off or whatever. But I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not hugely ver versed in Kiss. I'm probably more than the very average person, but I'm way less than like a you know a huge Kiss fan. In fact, the drummer Eric Carr is from the area that I lived in. He's oh, from Middletown. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I make those kind of, you know, kind of uh, connections and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so, it, I mean, it was what a great, sh I mean, a great, sh the fan service was like through the roof. I mean, they were like, you're going to oh, get yeah. your money's worth. I don't care what has to happen. You get your money's worth. Um, and it, it was, it was uh, really great. Yeah. My wife got us uh, floor seats to see them and Paul Stanley flies right over your head. So and cool. It just, yeah, I mean, it's just an unrivaled experience. Um, one band that, you know, I and on a hardcore podcast, I might catch shit for this, but one band that I'm super into uh and have been for the past few years is have you heard of Ghost? Huh. See, now you're talking my language. Okay. Um, here's the thing. Yes, and I can't even look at people's comments because I don't want to. I don't want to hear your jealousy because that's what I think oh it is. Oh my God, they are crushing. They are just, I mean, when when I first found Ghost and I want to say, I 
it, it had to have been like 2011 or 2012 and it was very early and um they had done an interview where they were talking about how they wanted to create this project with a sense of dynasty kind of like what kiss did and they wanted the show theatrics and um i mean to look back on what they were to what they've turned into now and you can look at each phase and how the show has evolved and how everything i mean it is just it's it's insane it has to be the biggest thing that rock has done in 20 years well you know it 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 is all that and the, it's not just like oh it's a you know a great look it's like the songs as far as i'm concerned oh it's good music, back all yeah. of that up i'm probably like you know what is probably like 2000 i probably first saw 2013 or 2014 mm-hmm. um because they played here in la like like intimate places like i saw like an acoustic show they did at a record store were you um, there you know, I, 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 I know I, about I, that yeah there was one at amoeba records and it's the only time i don't know, I don't know if it's the only time uh, that I actually stood in line to to see a band. A lot of good things played there. Um, uh, but then I, you know, I saw them at like a, you know, this the Mayan theater, like this small theater. Because my, my wife is, is friends with very cool people, and he was doing tech for the thing. So we were oh, like at cool. a party afterwards, like with the band and stuff like that. Um, you don't know. I, I didn't know who, uh, you know, what he looked. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know that, like what he looked like. That you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you uh, meet to, him? Tobias Forge. I didn't everyone was there but him or he was there and he left but i I wouldn't even know what he looked like because uh well no because at that time nobody had known dave right yeah yeah but i i met him two times uh my wife and i waited out back of stage ae in pittsburgh and um the first time was i i guess it was the original lineup of the band um, I got along really, really well with who I later found out was a guitar player. I, to be honest with you, I, I went out back and this guy was smoking a cigarette and I asked him for a cigarette and we got to talking, just shooting the shit about whatever. Um, and he, he then told me after like 10 minutes or so that he was actually in the band and we got along. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah, very so cool, cool guy. Um, he was in another band, uh, called Magna Carta Cartel. That oh, is, you know, I heard some of there. Yeah, I heard some. There's, yeah, some, just, it was. Yeah, there was like some hubbub of him leaving the band, wasn't it? Where he was like suing. There, I don't know. There was like, I, a, I, yeah, yeah. I, I remember something like that. But yeah. um, anyway, though, we met Tobias uh, two times. We got, so cool. Yes. Yeah, well, honestly, really nice guy. Um, and uh, I think my wife fell in love with him. He's a little cutie, but um, I just, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird, like. Uh, when you talk to him and then it's like you're you were the guy with the the robe and the hat and that like it's just strange because they really like when you see them like they really take you to a different place um you completely forget about you know you're you're so enamored in the show of it and i really um i really respect their ability to do that on stage and like to the point where I mean, I, I didn't feel like shortchanged when we met them, but like it almost didn't feel like we were meeting ghosts. It just met it, it just felt like we were meeting like normal people that you would see on the street and they were completely cool. Yeah, um, no, I mean it's it's I I you know, anytime I've seen them, it's been I mean, it probably maybe like five times, you know, which is not like a million times, but I was like, it's yeah. a, you know, one of those one of the yeah, one of the recent tours, they, they there was no opener, they just played like two 
I think they played like two full shows back to back almost. It was like yeah. two and a half hours. A little run around a little tricycle. It was like a wild, <laughs> uh, it was like a wild scene. And uh yeah, no, I mean you're 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 like you're in good, you're you're in a good, you're in a safe space. You're in a ghost with, safe space a, a with me. Yeah. Like Abs, you know, huge, you know, my brother uh, lives out in, in in the Philly area. Like, you know, we went out and, and saw them uh out there, or maybe maybe in Camden, some in Jersey or something like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. And I'm like Jones and for, you know, obviously for a new full album and like, uh, and for all the haters out there, you know what I mean? You're jealous. That's like, yeah. <laughs> or you just well, don't like them. That's okay. also too. You can just also just be like, ah, they're not my bag. But I think some people are like, and they're like live. They're like hard. I mean, it's like, it's very they heavy. Crank it, they crank yeah. it up. You, yes. You don't get that from the album. So I think people hear that and they're just like, but he has like, you know, corpse paint on. I was like, yeah, but is it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is it that though? And is it better if they, you know, if it sounds like immortal or what, you know, one of those kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, does that make it better? Uh, it, no, it's just good. It's rock and some of it's heavy and live. They're great. And um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. Well, they're, they're true to, um, they're true to a sound and it's become their sound. The first time I heard them, the first album kind of had that Sabbath vibe to it. The second album kind of went into more of a, like a radio rock metal type sound. And then uh, the third album and they began to start getting into this like arena rock sound, but it never stopped sounding like what they were trying to do. And uh, this I'm actually excited as hell because uh, on Valentine's day, we're taking our son. It's going to be his first big concert, um, but we're going to go see them uh in pittsburgh at i think it's the arena where the pit panthers play but i have not seen them in an arena i've only seen them in i saw them in a theater and i saw them twice in a concert venue so the arena i mean it's got to be great playing oh it's great i mean yeah i've seen in la i saw them here the uh, i think it was like the forum um and i think when i saw them in jersey it was in, a, in a, like an arena i saw them open up for uh iron maiden too in vegas you that saw was that tour like a, yeah i saw i mean I, I, people were like I see, you know, you see people there with Iron Maiden shirts. I was like, oh, you know, excited for uh, you you're interested in ghosts? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I mean, I like Iron Maiden's great, but yeah. I was there to see Ghost. Yeah. And I was just happy that Iron Maiden was also playing. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's was it with Vol, Vol, Volbeat? It's like Volbeat, that yeah. match. Yeah, yeah, which I'm vaguely familiar with, and like that's totally cool. I mean, it could just be just them, you know, and I'd I'd be uh, happy. But that's great. That's a, that's a that's a good that's a good first show. He'll yeah. he'll thank you for that later. You know, what I, I mean? think like, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Um, it's a I'm I'm not. I couldn't tell you a full beat song to be honest with you though. Yeah. yeah, but um, you know, I could tell you every ghost song. So we're it's kind of like uh, it's fun, and we've like he loves the band, and it's. Uh, I, I'm a guitar player. I've been playing for like most of my life and he's nine. So he's kind of getting to the point where um, he's like more interested in that stuff. Like he doesn't want to just bang on the guitar. He wants to like learn something or whatever. And it's cool. Uh, it's cool to see him kind of like look at that band the same way I looked at Kiss. Um, the first time I saw Kiss, I, it was, I think, 2000. So I was 10. So like right around that same time. And uh, just to see like, you know, and I, and and it's weird because I think I probably saw them on the same tour that you saw them on 20 years later. And uh, I mean, like, obviously they're older. Obviously, there's maybe a little bit 
like less physical energy coming from them on stage, which they make up for in everything else. But they are like, they're just, they're lifelong performers. They uh, know what a crowd wants. Like you said, fan service through the roof. They know how to deliver. Yeah, no, I, that's, a, yeah, that's a great way to kick things off. I mean, my I think my first concert was um, Whitesnake. So oh, that's cool. not bad. Not bad. That's real cool. Not bad. Whitesnake. And, and, and then, uh, you know, after that, it was uh, I think I saw Metallica on the Injustice for All tour. It was after that. And so I've I think that's pretty seen, good. Never seen Metallica. That's the only really... time I've seen him. Yeah. Really? The only time I've only time I've seen him was that Injustice for All. Tour. It was, I mean, it was, it was great. Um, but you yeah. know, those, those days were like, you know, great days and, you know, I, I, you know, saw some really great stuff, but yeah, my, my first concert was uh white snake. And I think it really made me who I am today. Well, that's, it's the funny thing about heavy music is it never like, like once you're into it and you kind of adopt that personality, um, or you adopt that, you know, this is, this is just a part of you now. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I've connected with a lot of really cool people, even with, with, you know, with the podcast and uh, the things that I do. And some of those people are really into it too. Like um, I, my, my working on my second book, it's almost done, but my first book uh, abandoned historic Los Angeles neon and beyond. Yes. Um, there's uh, I have people that are in hardcore bands and, and musicians as part of it too, and actors and stuff like that. And um uh, Danny uh, Danny O'Connor from House of Pain uh, is is in the book, oh, that's and cool. he is he's got his own like a whole not like a business, but he's got like almost a business around uh, this kind of stuff. So he like loves that stuff. So um, you know, and and I, I you know people in the the new book that I found because they were photographers, like you know, uh, this one guy uh, Alexis, he was in um, Soul Side and Girls Against Boys, and he like loves vintage signs. So like he's in the book and I got people from like bad religion and, and social distortion, like uh, Doug from uh, Dag Nasty and descendants and stuff like that. So it's like a really cool, <clears throat> I think people can like understand what you're interested in because they're like, Oh, I'm interested in that too. Sure. I just didn't know. You just don't, like, how do you convey? Like, I love old building. <laughs> how do you well, convey? Like, I love vintage <laughs> sign. I love 1980s New York city or whatever. You know, how do you yeah. convey that in a way to other people where you're like, are you into 1970 to like 1994 New York city? Like, it's an <laughs> uh, interesting thing to kind of explain to people, but a lot of people, are interested in it. And I think it's because it's not what their profession is as an actor or entertainer or, 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 or whatever it is. And I think yeah. it's like this weird middle world of there's a lot of people, but it's still a really niche thing. And, you know, through, the, through ghost town and, and uh, you know, a lot of things have, uh, you know, happened from that, but the music always intersects with that, which I think is, uh, which I think is super cool. Well, that, that kind of stuff too is, you know, truly, uh, in my opinion, but, you know, truly culturally important uh, stuff that you don't necessarily have to know about. But if you want it remembered, you have to have people that are interested in that to preserve that history, because, you know, signs fade, metal rusts, things change. Yeah. Um, and so about your book anyway, Abandoned in Historic L.A., Neon and Beyond. When did that book come out? That came out. October 2020. Okay. And that yes. was your, that's October your, that's your first, first book. book, first book. I, you know, because of the podcast, um, I, you know, got like a, 
like a publishing ish deal. Cool. And, uh, you know, coming out during a pandemic is kind of tough uh, because it's hard to promote a book, but it did really, I mean, it sold out. Like, I think they didn't realize like, well, how many people were going to be interested in it. And the fact that I have an audience, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at like amassing an audience of people that are interested in that kind of stuff. And people just want to be supportive. And so it did that did really well. And I'm, you know, working on my second book, which is within the pandemic. So it's like a different, a little bit of a different vibe, but um, mm-hmm. it's like 90% done. It's supposed to be in by the, uh, at the end of 2021, it's late, but uh, you know, I'm kind of finished the finishing touches on it now. Do you want to talk about then, it? Can you give us any details? Um, it, It's going to be sign and, and storefront based mm-hmm. uh, because I kind of switched, you know, because you know, during a pandemic, I don't, not going to mention the pandemic by name, but you're going to kind of get a vibe of it. So, you know, sure. I don't want to, people don't need to be reminded of it, but you're going to see a pretty, you're going to see a, a pretty bleak uh, LA in some of it. And then you're going to, you know, but through that, I found a lot of like really uplifting things and LA is not perfect. I love it. I love the city. Um, I love its history. You know, they say there's no culture here, like that old thing. And I was like, it's so untrue. It's like an amazing city that I, I that I, I love and I'm constantly a tourist in, but you know it's it's not perfect. You know whether it's on the you know the 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 leader side, the government side, and and uh, you know and and things that happen. But um, you know the, the people are great, and I think everyone like I think every, I think everyone loves it in, in a certain way, and and you know they just express it differently. And so it's going to be a lot of yes, yeah, a lot of signs, storefronts, things that are like no longer here, um, like Amoeba Records. You know, it's like I got to capture these things before you know the the clock is ticking, and it's always is, ticking. Is Amoeba Records gone? Yeah, the Amoeba Records is now a, a Van Gogh museum experience. Okay, so they 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 Amoeba Records. I don't know in San Francisco this one in San Francisco with their statuses. I think they're still they're still good, but um, they actually still exist, but they moved to another uh, down Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. okay, I haven't been there yet, but. You know, that's like an iconic, you know what I mean? Like you go in there and just get lost, like looking at albums and, and yeah. before like an improv show, people are like, oh, it's getting the zone. I was like, I just want to like look at some albums. I want to look at some CDs. I want to look at T-shirts and, you know, imports and stuff like that. You know, the thing of like going through an album, like, th- you know, kind of scrolling through like that kind of stuff that kind of like. I love it. <laughs> it really centers me. Yeah. So that's what I used to do before I did one of my 10,000 improv shows or sketch shows or whatever it is I was doing. And, um, but then there's still in, there are still in business. Uh, it's just not in the same place, but it's still, you know, independent record store. And, 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 uh, but it's things like that where you're like, yeah, remember that that's Mm -hmm. gone. And, and and a lot of other, uh, you know, tower, there was, you know, the tower records was technically gone and came back, but, um, uh, I captured some of that and, and I think that'll, that'll be in the book and, uh, and, you know, I've, um, I'll be on the history channel and the show history's greatest mysteries. Yeah. Um, talking about, talking about some true crime. Uh, and so that'll be out, I think the end of February. I don't know when the, when I don't know how many episodes because I did a lot of stuff with them, but uh, that was because of you know they found my YouTube channel and they were like, which used to just be comedy, but then it became adjacent to to Ghost Town and they were like, hey, you, you talk about this stuff, um, you want to come talk about this stuff? I was like, yeah, I do. Plus, I want to like talk about you know I want to promote Ghost Town. Yeah, of course. When I'm on the History Channel. Get some, you know, get people that are, you know, and the fact that I'm a, an author and whatever. Um, so it's it's been really, it's been a really interesting thing. But I, yeah, I still do like the people don't know, like I still do. I'm auditioning like you know a couple times a week, and um, 
I actually and also have some development stuff going on, um, you know, to create some television stuff based on the podcast loosely adjacently. So it's it's been like a pretty pretty interesting time, especially uh, right around now because you know there's ups and downs. Sometimes there's like a lot of downs, but I just mm-hmm. I, I I have I don't rest everything on like am I going to be a famous movie star? That's like a very I don't have what it, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to be that and I don't have what it takes to, to be that. So having these other things that I'm interested in and being able to make a living off them, like it's interesting about nostalgia. Like right now we're in nostalgia. Sure. Well, right. Well, just, real we're quick, in it real quick. I just want to, I just want to ask what, what does it take that you don't have to be that movie star that you, or whatever you're articulating there. I'm just curious because the, the, somebody like me i look at what you've done and i think like holy hell i I don't know if i could do that so when you say you know there's a a a next level that you maybe may see as unattainable or undesirable for you uh what what exactly does that you know lifestyle entail well first i know what you mean because i see people that i'm like wow how cool must be to be you and i've I've met them and talked to them they're like yeah you know it's like whatever i was like no you know you were on whatever (laughs) you whatever tv show you were you know what i mean i was like that was so cool but to everyone has their levels of like what is you know what i mean everyone is at a place like everyone's a star to somebody you know in in, in a certain way um so i i know what you mean because to me it's like I love what's happened. Like I appreciate it all. I don't think it's like, ugh, who cares? What's next? Um, but for me, I don't have w- what it takes because I don't have the interest or the desire to do what it takes to put that in motion for it maybe to happen. I just don't care. Sure. So I think that's, you know, kind of what it is. And it's not a matter of like, if listen, if I did, I would be. You know, this it's, it's it's you know there's a, a lot of me's and a little bit of the the work you know and I, and I yeah. totally get that and to to stay sane and have a balance and not you know really kind of get lost in your in yourself like you need to have realistic expectations mm-hmm. absolutely you know whereas I will push it's like yeah I want to develop these television shows you know you know things like mm-hmm. that like I want to take what I think is interesting and cool. And I want a lot of people. So I'm willing to kind of put the work in and put myself out there. It's like, yeah, this is good. This is better than the other thing that you're going to make. Don't make that make this, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I do have that in, in, in certain things. And uh, because I'm just so passionate about it and, and, and I believe in that so much, like my enthusiasm and my belief in it, just like when somebody's like the Rolling Stones are better and I believe that. And here's why or the, uh, the Beatles are better. And here's why ghost is the best band right now. Not just turnstile, which I do like, um, that's, it was a big conversation that everyone's like, I hate turnstiles. Like they're a good band. I don't know, whatever. Um, but I, I had that belief on the things that I find interesting. Cause I've put in a lot of work and I think I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at, at marketing. And I think I'm pretty good at getting people to listen to it. And I think that's why. So okay. That that's where I kind of stand with that. The other stuff is like it's super cool. I love it. I love being creative. I love comedy. I'm de- I'm good enough at it where it warrants me to put in some, you know, some effort to try to 
to, to, to try to do that, but it's not worth taking up all of my time. I'm not like that interested. In it. I'm not that passionate about it to, to do that. Um, but uh, I think I can make it all happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're a big comedy fan too. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously you have uh, improv experience, acting experience, comedy to stand up comedy experience. Uh, you've done stand up at uh, the comedy store. I know that. Um, what, uh, who, who are you, uh, watching right now? Who's, who's your favorite comedians? Oh boy. Well, as far as like, uh, I really love as far as I guess, sketch comedy is, uh, Tim Robinson's, I think you should leave is, okay. uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I, I like that kind of comedy. Like, you know, I like that kind of like absurd, but he's just so good at it. And I, I <laughs> that's what I think is, is that like I think that is funny. Stand up yeah. is something that I never. People just assumed I was a stand up just based on like I guess my personality. Yeah. Um, I started doing stand up only because I wasn't doing improv and I I wanted to just do something on my own. And I was in a weird place where I was like at a job that I hated and you know that whole thing. It was like sure. a real downer. And I was like, and so I just went and I did. I think in the first month I did like almost like I want to say almost a hundred open mics or something like that. Oh wow. No, 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 it's not. I think I did a hundred in like three months. No, I think I did like 30 in the first month, 30 something and That's never, never did stand up. And it was terrifying. I mean, yeah, I always, I mean, I, I performed at like, I've done performed at the Palladium in Los in, in, in LA. I performed in front of like 5,000 people for some reason, getting up at some like small bar with just a bunch of other comics and like random people with just me and the microphone was terrifying. But I was like, I'm like in my forties, like I can't spend 20 years like honing this like i gotta take yeah. what i already do what i've already done put it into stand-up and i just need to put in the work and the reps and i did yeah i performed in europe it was great and but it was already like kind of what i've always been doing mm -hmm. i just made it a stand-up routine and it did really well because i was good at being me and when people heard me talk about me they saw this face and they're like yeah you are that guy not yeah. you know you have to be they get up there and you're like yeah i was having sex yeah i was partying and yeah. doing i was like no you weren't you weren't doing <laughs> any of that you're a liar people could see through that you know but i think Life i'm not like alpha enough. yeah i'm like i'm not alpha i'm not tough I'm, and i'm not mean you know so i never did any of that it, i'm just self-deprecating very good at that and i think people are like they like that, that you have that about yourself and you're willing to do that. And I, I could play in front of a lot of different crowds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a, a, you know, like a, a black and, and then Latinx crowd would think I'm because they were like, yeah, you're a, like a white guy and you make fun of yourself. You're not trying to posture and be cool. So mm -hmm. I found myself always in a good place. And the only reason I stopped was because of the the pandemic and then i didn't really want to go back because i didn't want to hear a bunch of people talking about like vaccines or like pandemic complaints <laughs> i was just like yeah, i don't want to hear like it. i've noticed I, i'm like, good comedy right now is kind of like in a slump of like i i've watched a whole bunch of different people and it's like all right covid jokes i get it let's there has to be something else there has to be something else you could talk about i realize it's culturally relevant but come on um, yeah, as far as you know, I'm not like, a, like I mean, I like uh, like Sam comedy and I've, I've watched a lot. Of, I feel like I really like I don't know if he's done anything in a while and he's not 
someone I would expect to like, but I just end up liking was Anthony Jeselnik, which I know oh, yeah. is like not, but it, I think I think I really, really like him. Although he yeah, he's would very not funny. fit. He doesn't fit like my arc, but I was like, yeah, but he has something about him. He's like, he, he does what he does so well yeah. that uh, I was like, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's great. You know, I think, that you know, was, and I like all, yeah. That was Shane Gillis for me. Um, I watched. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious set really funny really funny guy kind of like um i i i don't know when i started watching i was like i don't know he he got me in early it was very funny um so uh that's really cool that you uh took the classes and did the stand-up by the way because that's something that yeah, i didn't I've take actually... any i didn't take any stand-up classes i didn't take any stand-up classes. oh you didn't you didn't no okay. no 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 i wouldn't even know where i mean i guess you can i think the things i've written for stand-ups before uh, I think it was just me, f- you know, finding those things and just, you know, every time I did stand up, I was very little testing. Like everything was like I created a performance. Not that it was like weird or anything like that, but sure, I, sure. I didn't go there. I wasn't like look through a book, and which is fine because, you know, you got to test things out. Like, um, all right, uh, oh, here's OK. Here's it, everything yeah. was like prepared. And I would like maybe throw things for a loop like i'd add in like one test out one new joke or something like that because my ego couldn't handle it and again like i'm just trying to do something where i'm like flexing the same muscle in a different mm-hmm. way and, and and so um i wasn't looking to like break new ground uh i like to you know tell stories and tell jokes it was what i did on twitter it's what i did on youtube it's what i essentially did in improv and people i was just like oh when did you start doing stand-up i was like i don't know, like a month ago they're like, mm-hmm. no way. I was like, yeah, but I had like 20 years of performance experience before that. It's not like just me deciding to do it one day. And and I respect the hell out of stand-up comedians because I know how much work they put into it and how much they love it and how much they care about it. And I'm also not that person. Like, I don't want to be a, I don't really call myself a stand-up comic. I just love I'm a, a comedy, like a comic or, you know, comedian in, in that sense. Um, but I'm not willing to put in that work either, but I would love to do uh, I would love to do stand up again. I just like I just can't hear <laughs> any right. like COVID or vaccine or like political jokes right now. It's never been my jam. And like, you know, I like to just talk about like a LinkedIn or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, like, or yeah, some kind yeah, of like definitely. a very corny square, like every kind of stuff. Yeah, every yeah, yeah. regular like you know. I don't know how to like you know. I'm almost fifty. What do you want? Uh, what am I gonna talk? What do you want? <laughs> like what? But like. I realize I some that, people you know, like they want to come out swinging and start a bunch of shit. And nah, not know, me. Like, yeah, like I want to make um, you feel good about yourself. Yeah, and the, yeah. Or I want you to relate. I want you to be like, yeah, I relate. Yes, you were like, you know, we are of like a certain age or whatever, and it's like all those kind of weird things that are happening right now, and like trying to fit the midlife crisis and try to figure things out. Like maybe you can relate to me, or maybe I'm saying something to you get. Um, and I also like to, I also like to hear that. And you know, with the stuff that I do, people like love nostalgic they love looking back at a time where they had more time ahead of them than behind them yeah. uh so it's always better you know what i mean anytime they were alive was better it, i mean some people were like the great depression was better you think the great depression was better than right now is that what you're saying but because they were young <laughs> men they think that and i'm like that's okay but it's you're wrong but that's also okay yeah. uh so it's interesting and then one you know people are gonna be talking about like remember podcasting and nfts that's how retro was that but we're in right. it right now you know, we're in, yeah. you don't know it because you're just living in it. And you look back around like the nineties, I was like, yo, that now that's nostalgia. The two thousands, 2010s, 2015 yeah. is nostalgia now. So it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. 
it's weird how fast things move on the internet and that um nostalgia kind of creeps up on you there people it's big especially it's i mean just this as a from business perspective it's big business you know think about how many hardcore bands right now especially because they can't tour and stuff like that but like revelation records must be cranking out like reprints of merchandise or like new designs but we all love it because we all looking back because right now we're like whatever age we're at now and we're looking back and be like we have access to all the stuff we're hearing interviews with like there's bands that i'm like i've always wanted to know about your history but i didn't i couldn't collect enough fanzines to find out what it was like to be you and what it was like to tour in right. Europe, you know, I mean, I do know a little bit. It was like, but I was like, what was it like, you know, in the in the 80s in D.C. or Chicago or, or Florida or wherever you're from? And and we also have maybe more disposable income so we can kind of like buy like this merchandise and be like, yeah, I kind of like, you know, like young, you know, young till I die and all that kind of stuff. Sure. That's awesome. Um, I, I completely agree. And I have the same feeling, especially about the vinyl. Um, and Revelation's a great example of that because they have put out some really, I, they, I have a really, really nice, uh, Gorilla Biscuits start today, 12 inch. Oh. That they just, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. obviously the album legendary album, but, um, it's, it's cool to have it. Um, because, yeah. and I don't know how, I don't know how you feel about this stuff, but I'm convinced that the day is going to come where, uh, these, maybe revelation doesn't apply to this, but I'm convinced that the day is going to come that these iTunes, Spotify, bigger services um, right now that are basically hosting a lot of this music. uh, I I'm convinced that they're going to go, you know, what are we making off of a lot of this indie hardcore shit? And they're going to pull the plug and it's going to be harder to access that music because everybody streams now. How many people, you know, are really buying hard copies of things lately. And, um, I like that's my big reason for collecting uh, hardcore music, especially the um, more like the bands that are unsigned or the bands that uh, are on really small labels. And they really rely on the streaming services at this point to get their music out. And I just think, you know, a lot of these companies, these corporations are going to eventually say what's in it for us. And how is that going to look for the accessibility of that music? But thankfully, um, you know, a, a lot of the old labels too are putting that music out to um, really interesting represses, great graphics. And like, uh, it's cool for somebody like me, like I'm 30, I didn't see, or I'm 31, but I didn't see Gorilla Biscuits in the 80s. I wasn't even born. Um, and, uh, you know, to look back on it, it's crazy how completely different the world is now completely different the hardcore scene is the sounds even coming down to the equipment people are using and the way that live shows are done the way that live music sounds and the way that live music hits you and and it's just um it it's a nice glimpse back into you know like uh for for someone like you who you know when you were a teenager you were uh in your early 20s or whatever you were probably into um a lot of those same bands uh and it gives me someone like me an opportunity to kind of have a similar experience. So, you know, yeah, I like I, you know, when you you mentioned gorillas because I remember like I was you know in, in high school and and start today just came out and I I was in summer school and a kid you know it was a lot of hard you know kind of like you know like you know like dirtbag hardcore kids 
you know, I got the new Gorilla Biscuits and I had, I had some, I like the clash and I think I found a youth of today tape. And I was like, what, what's Gorilla Biscuits? And like, what's Gorilla Biscuits? And yeah. like me looking at the cassette was the first thing, you know, I wasn't a big, I was like a cassette person and yeah. then the long box CDs, but you, you know, touching, like looking through it. Right. But the album's mm-hmm. probably better, but like, t- like looking at the photos and like staring at every single photo, every the thanks list and memorizing that the experience when you're like listening to the music, and you can't just yeah. skip and fast forward or put it on a mix as easily. Like you go from you know flip the tape over or yep. you know the record you flip it over and you experience it that way is just so much more. I don't know. There's just something tactile about the whole thing, and it's uh, uh, it's what makes it a little bit different. It's why people I think still might be into vinyl a little bit more. They you can kind of see and touch and 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 uh, read and not just you know have the thing where you can turn it on, turn it off. Is it's a very easy thing to do when you're on your phone, you're not paying attention. This, like, you paid attention, you know, yeah. because you're like, yeah, oh, you I do. got this new thing, or yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's I've had those, you know, you say gorilla biscuits, and I think about that thing. Um, and I was like, you don't realize it's like, oh, this band's gonna like break up, you know, in the next year or two, yeah, but you don't know that. I don't know that until more recently, like, I didn't, I was like, oh, that's oh, wow, you guys were really already kind of changing and quicksands about to start but then i'm like no you're there you're now it's you don't realize a hardcore band's like trajectory isn't like a rolling stones like one year of a hardcore band is like 10 years of like uh, a regular band right um but i know that now looking back and i was like oh that that's really interesting like putting those things uh together but it's like magical when you're younger it's like this is like oh wow this is now and it's going to be forever um and then it's not it's very uh hardcore is very powerful um it's a it's a very very powerful thing to experience when you know when you're young and you kind of get thrust into this world of of danger and excitement and creativity and there's all kinds of different emotions and experiences that come with that but i'm i'm really grateful that um i ended up you know in this trajectory but um okay so top five hardcore bands what are they? Oh boy! You know, I'm gonna pick some. I'm gonna th- just throw some curveballs okay. out there um, because I don't, you know, I don't know what my favorites are, but I'll tell you uh, some that I think are underrated and their favorites to me is uh, "Visions uh, in the Blink of an Eye" is probably one of my favorite hardcore albums. I don't know if anyone's with New Jersey. Uh, it's you know, I, it's one of the things I picked up like on a lark, like a cassette. I probably got it in New Jersey and it, you know, it has melodic and, but it was like hard and, uh, love, love, uh, vision in the blink of an eye. Sure. Um, I, uh, I also love, uh, Chroma, uh, Chromag's best wishes. I like mm-hmm. all like the weird, the other thing, you know, I always like the other, cause that's the first one I heard, you yeah. know, maybe it was like in Thrasher magazine. And I was like, I love Chromag's best wishes. I mean, I love Chromag's, um, I'm going to, I'm trying to, uh, I want to get like a hit, a couple of, this is just hardcore, right? We're not doing any well, punk, are we? Hey, I mean, sure, sure. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna throw some other curveball. Uh, Misfits, um, uh, Walk Among Us. It's great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna say, oh boy, there's so many. Th- I'm gonna say, what was that other thing I was thinking? Of? You know, let's say Dag Nasty. I'll say both albums. Can I say we got Denko's double? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> both strange, on one CD. <laughs> strangely enough, that's a band I I never got into. We, I, I, it's weird because I listen back and and some of it's straightforward. I was like, 
some of this is weird. <laughs> I was yeah. like, some of this is like really odd, but I think because at the time, you know what I mean? I think at the time I was listening to it, it became like this thing that I, uh, that I love, but yeah, that's another one that I was just like, always love that. I also was looking back. I also, um, agnostic front, uh, live at CBGB's <laughs> I was Classic, like, yeah. I love, that's like my, because I got it like the long box CD and I was like, Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. time to step it up, baby. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I just always, um, I was like, I, I always love that. So, um, yeah, those are, there's a couple out there. I don't know if they're my favorite, but I was like, those are some ones that I'm like, it's not, you know, Chrome eggs, uh, age of quarrel, uh, agnostic front, United blood or man, right. you know, nothing wrong. They're all, all great. I love them all, but, um, you know, I'm from like, kind of like the New York, New Jersey area. So I like, love New York hardcore, you know, love all the mm-hmm. killing times and, and, uh, token entry is I probably another one I throw on there. It's just one of those things that I really gravitated to like that old kind of New York or like New Jersey stuff. Um, yeah. But then also love like, you know, like the cow and, you know, love descendants and love black flag and, and, and like some of that like kind of noisier and weird stuff. So, um, yeah, those are a couple, you know, if you haven't heard any, some of those and you probably have heard them all, but I was like, you know, maybe some little, some little rando thing out there for you to check out. Yeah. Um, killing time. I'm a big killing time fan, but yeah, that was, that was one of those bands that I kind of just assumed I would never get to see. And they did some reunion shows and I got to see yeah. them. It was so awesome. They were just, yeah. they were great. I saw them. It was, this is hardcore with Gorilla Biscuits. So. Okay. That's, yeah, think, that's in Pennsylvania, right? This is yeah. In Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's a, yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it's cool to get to see all the, you know, get to see all the, get the opportunity to, to see all these things and yeah i, never I think it's great I, I like when bands yeah. yeah i mean i saw you today in like 1999 which is like no nah, i mean it's far off when they were but i was like still maybe they broke up like nine years previous not too bad yeah so i was like kind of like i was like this is pretty you know what i mean like this is like a pretty cool uh thing um you know i didn't realize they play a million more times but at the time i was like oh i'm gonna see you today i was like this is crazy yeah, uh, and it's yeah. because yeah i mean, I, I mean the gorillas would place but even by the time like i could go to see them they would really play kind of sporadically they were already kind of on their way out even after that after that album let me play a couple you know um you but I, got, see, I saw them like, uh, the, do you ever see quicksand i saw quicksand like when the seven inch came out i mean yeah. I, I picked up that seven inch and i was like this is probably one of the best seven inches of all time very uh, good yeah I, I mean i got that I went up to the record store and I bought and yeah, I saw them. I mean, I saw them like was a lot of like probably like 90, 91, 90, 91, whenever the seven inch came out because I went and that's the head. I was like, this is great. I liked all this stuff afterwards, but like nothing could touch that seven inch. It was yeah. just so, Oh, I see. Yeah. Cause they would tour like I saw them with like, cause this is when I was like in music going to con, you know, getting on guest lists. So I would see them with like helmet and like uh, the offspring and they would That's play with so a lot of random. Cool. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, last time I probably saw them was like, the, Oh, I was, I went to their music video. I was at their music video for phaser. Um, oh, okay. that was at the wetlands. So, you know, I'm not, you can't see me in there, but you could feel my, my essence uh, in that. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. That, yeah. Love quicksand. Yeah, the quicksand seven inch, I would probably throw on, on any list, but it's really only, you know, you know, four songs, but um, oh, well, I know I, they're, I, I throw that any list. I know they're huge. Um, but I still feel like they're a hugely underrated band. Oh yeah. 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 They're, uh, yeah. They, it seemed to kind of like kind of pee in the nineties is a weird time, I guess, you know, yeah. kind of looking back, it's like, how do you, like, how do you navigate that? And so, you know, I loved into another, you know, uh, a lot, which is another weird band to be like, you know, you pick it up and you're like, wait a minute, 
this is that guy from underdog or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I was like, this is weird. But I was like, I love catchy rock and metal, you know? So I was like, this, this really worked for me. And, and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, like, you know, these really great bands that like, just, you know, it's hard to probably navigate the nineties with, you know, record labels, just picking up everybody and grunge and, and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, new metal and whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that music I didn't like at like when I was younger, but, I've I grew to like it like way later in life like Queens of the Stone Age and and um I don't know but I mean even like Helmet I never liked Helmet when I was younger I I just couldn't get into it but as I've gotten older I kind of get it for like that what the era was and um uh oh man I'm he's gonna get 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 out of your own way sometimes with what was whatever I was like get get what was the Uh, meantime meantime Meantime. that's where i'm losing hardcore points right now yeah but um (laughs) the the uh like at the time when i was younger yeah it wasn't like something that i could get into now i love it i mean it really um especially for that it's like innovative of that more like early 2000s hardcore um yeah you know a lot of yeah there's a lot of guitar stuff like prong and all that stuff yeah yeah, definitely. And and if you listen to bands like No Warning and, you know, other bands like from that time period, you can definitely hear all of that in there. And and I guess, like you said, you know, the labels are interested more in commercial or things they could commercialize. And grunge was really hot at the time and stuff like that. And bands like that, like Quicksand, um, they just kind of got pushed down a little bit. And uh, I feel like I feel like Quicksand could have been on mainstream radio you know maybe they didn't want to go to that level but um i i just i just listen to a lot of music from that era now and just think it was very underrated very underrated yeah yeah i mean it's like kind of like uh you know right place wrong time or wrong place right time you know whatever it's uh yeah or maybe it was meant to fit exactly where it fit yeah yeah i mean that's exactly the way it's meant to be and then maybe if they blew up then maybe you wouldn't have it now you know what i mean it could be that it could be like you know it it was for every if it was it was for everybody then maybe it wouldn't be for us now i guess and in that like sense that. not that i'm like gatekeep not that i'm like gatekeeping <laughs> music or anything by any means but you know what i mean like let's always like to feel that it's a little bit yours yeah um absolutely. i think that's okay yeah okay awesome. so one more thing before we mm-hmm. wrap up and uh i just wanted to briefly talk about ghost town because that mm-hmm. is your main squeeze and yeah. i wanted to know what is the oklahoma girl scout murders because i haven't listened yet and i don't know what can you tell me to to talk about this episode? Well, I'm going to give you a little. It's some 1970s action, so we're in like some late 1970s mm-hmm. to give you some some vibe. Um, yeah, this isn't one of my, I, I'm I, I love true crime. I'm more of like the you know weird history, uh, weird abandoned or like white collar crime or scam type stuff. Like yeah. you know, I like you know, but there's you know. I do bring some of that to the table. That's more Rebecca uh, co-host. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's a bummer. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a, it's a huge bummer, but if you're somebody who went to camp, it kind of brings, it's kind of an interesting thing to look back at, like what was like to go to a camp in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You think about any horror movie that came out around then mm-hmm. it's like, is it 
is that a horror movie or is it kind of just loosely based on reality because it's such a vulnerable place to be, you know, you know, looking back and you think like, you know, Friday the 13th or sleepaway camp. And it's like, that's the, that. Yeah. They're probably like, it's easy to make a movie like that. Cause it's probably terrifying to be out in the woods alone with pro- terrible supervision in a very vulnerable place in a little tent where if, you know, if people wanted to cause you harm, um, that could happen. So it's, it's, it, it's a huge bummer. Um, so if you're not, not into a huge bummer right now, uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I was like, didn't know much, I didn't know anything about it. And I'm just like, then I, then I have to edit it. <laughs> you know how it is. You got to listen right. back. And gotta, I got to, I got to edit it. And I'm like, Ugh. then you're I'm like, like oh, looking more stuff on, up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a, um, yeah, that, that just came out, but uh, I'll tell you Friday is a little lighter. Okay. You'd be a little mid eighties vibe. Yeah. Okay. A little hacker vibe okay, so okay. you're gonna get some real retro vibe you know i again we'll lighten things up for for everybody on fridays because they come out every wednesday and friday one's yeah. usually you know shorter one so you know you're getting two no, for the price no of little zero. girls no little girls getting murdered no 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 no, 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 no. baby cages no no baby cages no <laughs> i bring the light stuff well i did that that, that one about the uh, golden suicides which yeah, is yeah. something i've been infatuated with that is probably like one of my darker ones that i brought to the table and i'm normally like not uh like that as much but um yeah so friday will be a little palate cleanser for you so it comes hey, out well, every wednesday and friday if i ghost town wherever you listen to podcasts yeah that is awesome and you you have really great distribution on that show too it's everywhere you can find it everywhere oh that's what i'm good at I, i'll never say that um i never i'll never compliment myself except for the fact that i'm very very good at marketing and promotion <laughs> so that's two right, things man. that have always been very good and but you know what that's half the thing right it's, it's product and distribution i know it's yeah. a very romantic way of putting it but that's that's anyone out there is listening it's just those two things yeah and it's um, good to know what and you're the good product at. and the product sometimes is way easier it's usually is actually way easier um it's yeah. the distribution that's a tough part oh i hate it i do i mean it's it's mm-hmm. uh it, it's the one thing I've learned from doing the podcast is the in there's actually a lot more work that goes into it than you'd think, you know, like you said, editing can be, uh, ugh, but you know, you got to do it if you want the product. Yeah. There's so, there's just so much uh, to keep it afloat and there's just so many out there and trying to, you know, you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to like, I want your attention. I don't want you looking at TikTok. I don't want you watching TV or playing basketball. Yeah. I want you listening to my podcast, which you can do with, with other things, but um, to really sit there and concentrate on, you want to, to monopolize that person's time for, for X amount of minutes or hours or whatever. And it's, it's a tough thing to do. There's a lot of competition out there. Is the podcast uh video on youtube or are you only audio with ghost town just just uh, just audio we've attempted cool. I, i've done some episodes on my youtube channel which is just jason horton but mm-hmm. where i revisit some episodes where it's visual so i can i'll show some clips or, or whatever the case may be but just you know just for another representation but now yeah. it's just uh it's just yeah it's just audio for long you know, form just, it does better with audio and yeah 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 i, I wish i mean i would if i again that's i don't want it bad enough to put in the effort to do it because I will do it. I want to do it. Also do it right. I don't want it to like look awful. So if That's I'm not going to okay. do that, That's I'm just a, not going to do it at yeah. all. Yeah. And the Pick show's battles. Been, yeah. The show's been uh, very successful. It's almost four years, time. which is, which is probably like 20 years in any other industry. You know what I mean? Like four yeah. years of a podcast. That's, that's like almost in the hardcore world of like being, you're in a hardcore band for four years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, know, but yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's very easy to quit. It's so easy to quit a podcast. 
nobody yeah. cares you just quit you can just quit yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's very hard i mean there's no loyalty in podcasting no no you just got to do it and love it and just exactly pressing forward well on that note um i really wanted to thank you for coming on uh thanks for rescheduling with me twice i know that it was kind of a pain in the butt but uh we did three it strikes you're back in that's <laughs> my, my my old thing is three strikes you're right back in it's cool um no thank you for having me i i you know appreciate the opportunity to talk about things that i'm interested in and and uh you know kind of relive how old i am by going through my chronology so it's yeah. great <laughs> awesome awesome well uh maybe we get to do it again sometime in the future i really appreciate Absolutely. you coming on thank you again thank you so much 